Listener Production. US stocks advance as investors eye important outcomes later on in the week when it comes to US earnings. And Aussie shares look set to fall on Tuesday ahead of the Reserve Bank's latest meeting minutes. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, the 18th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, a pretty good workmanlike effort from the US markets to kick off the week. There's uh, a, a solid improvement for the technology index, the NASDAQ up by almost a percent, 0.9 of a percent to be precise. The S&P 500 up 0.4 of a percent and the Dow Jones up 0.2 of a percent. Not a bad outcome. Very good outcome. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ are broadly around 15-month highs at the Mm -hmm. moment, Tom. And of course, we've seen sentiment improving on the back of a disinflationary pulse, a soft landing scenario, solid big bank earnings at the end of last week. So broadly, things are going quite well. But of course, we did see some disappointing Chinese economic data yesterday. That was interesting because it cast a pall over European markets in particular. So why don't we quickly reflect on their fortunes? They were lower across the board. The German index down by a quarter of a percent. The French market down by a little over a percent. And the UK market down 0.4 of a percent. But I know you are fond of a uh, a luxury item yourself that you treat yourself from time to time. Nice pair of Gucci slippers, uh, Ryan. Those organisations didn't fare too well yesterday, did they? They didn't, Tom. We saw Richemont drop by 10.4% and also LVMH, Hermes, Salvatore Ferragamo and Caring shed between 1% and 4.2%. Christian Dior in there as well, down by about 4%. Don't mind a bit of Christian Dior. There's a straight line relationship between those organisations and what we saw in China, really. I suppose the reopening trade that remains firmly on the tarmac, underwhelming uh, organisations like those luxury good stocks. Well, we saw China's economy losing momentum in the June quarter. June activity data showed retail sales losing speed more quickly than expected. We did see a bit of a pickup in industrial production and a stabilisation in the manufacturing sector, but it was a very mixed backdrop. GDP growth accelerated to 6.3% year on year in the June quarter from 4.5% in the prior quarter, but markets were looking for growth at 7%. Bearing in mind, we're comparing the June quarter this year with the June quarter last year, and last year we had lockdowns in Shanghai. I mean, there are several ways that you can look at this. In some respects, I think there are benefits from the Chinese manoeuvring slowly through this reopening because the last thing that you would want to see is an inflationary pulse as the world's second largest economy comes back, uh, all guns blazing. And that uh, reminds me, last night we saw a significant move higher for wheat prices. So there had been an arrangement between the Russian administration and the Ukrainian administration in relation to a corridor that allowed the passage of important uh, agricultural exports out of the Ukraine. That deal has not been renegotiated, so it remains to be seen what happens to those important agricultural commodities, and a whole bunch of them have gone higher. The reason I say this is that it is precisely this sort of thing that central banks don't necessarily incorporate into their calculations, and it could very well lead to sustained inflation. It's a fantastic summary, Tom. And the UN-brokered Black Sea Grain Initiative was put in place as a wartime deal, whereby the export of Ukrainian grain across the Black Sea enabled countries, particularly in North Africa, so think of Egypt and Morocco and the like, who are dependent on grains, particularly from exporters like Ukraine, And what we did see 
a couple of years ago with the initial disruptions caused by Russia's invasion was the impact on the supply and production of grain. Ukraine is one of the biggest grain producers, particularly wheat in the world. And we did see food prices jump sharply on the back of that, which is, of course, inflationary. So we did see wheat, corn and soybean prices all lift on the back of that news. Wheat prices were up by 3.5% and wheat prices were broadly at record highs in 2021. So this is something to look out for, geopolitical risks, and that could throw a spanner in the works when it comes to the disinflationary pulse that we have seen a little bit in recent times. Something to be mindful of as we sort of navigate this moment in time where uh, investors globally seem to be exhaling given the fact that we've seen some better inflationary outcomes out of the US particularly. There haven't been necessarily the same celebrations in other jurisdictions. Got a long way to go when it comes to Europe in particular, but certainly we have seen an improvement in the price backdrop. If you talk about China, we have seen producer prices down there and there is a relationship between producer prices and headline inflation in the developed world. And we talked about the fact that we could see the disinflationary pulse imported from China to the developed world. And we have seen a lot of weakness around export demand in particular, Chinese economic growth is weak and the like. So it remains to be seen whether we see that because wages growth remains strong amid tight labour markets. And speaking of which, we heard from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen last night, and she said in the Bloomberg TV interview that US growth has slowed, but our labour market continues to be quite strong. I don't expect a recession. So that provided some support as far as sentiment was concerned for risk assets. She said the US is on a good path to bringing down inflation without a major weakening in the labour market. So she's playing up that soft landing narrative whereby the labour market remains firm and they bank the dividend on jobs growth without the US going into a recession. But of course, earnings is the key focus Going forward, Tom, we've got a lot of earnings being released this week. Uh, amongst the organisations reporting in the next week, telcos will feature in that. And it's fair to say that there's a lot of disquiet around these organisations in the US presently for an important reason. There have been some reports commissioned that have indicated that the lead lining that has been applied to their cables is contaminating uh, the water and the soil in which they are uh, contained. It's been suggested that in the Pittsburgh area, affected by these cables have got seven and a half times the amount of lead that is permitted by the uh, EPA. And that is part of the reason why we've seen these stocks fall quite aggressively, particularly in the last session. We did see AT&T shares slump 6.7% overnight to a 30-year low. On top of that, City downgraded the stock to neutral and cited uncertainty related to its historical use of lead sheaths cables, as you mentioned, Tom. And Verizon shares were down by 7.5%, so they're quite significant drags on the market. That said, we did see some quite positive outcomes, particularly for Tesla. It saw its share price up quite significantly. Its shares were up 3.2% after the company said on the weekend that it built its first Cybertruck. We've been waiting for this for a couple of years now, so certainly uh, there has been delays on that front. But on the electric vehicle front as well, Ford Motors stilled out last night as well. So I know that you're a bit of a fan of electric vehicle pickup trucks, Tom. I, I'm, I'm fond of a pickup truck or a ute in general. Not, not electric ones. Um, look, they're the future, so you've got to embrace the future. So Ford Motor came out last night and said the prices on its electric F-150 Lightning pickups would fall as much as $10,000. Uh, 
and all versions of electric vehicles will get price cuts of at least 6000 as Ford works to boost production. So we have seen this narrative from Tesla as well where they cut prices in order to boost demand, but that weighed on Ford's share price last night, and we saw it down by almost 6%. Also, Rivian shares fell 3%, so there's thought at the moment that electric vehicle makers are having to cut prices to, to, to really boost demand, and that could weigh on earnings going forward. Yeah, there are a couple of ways that it's been seen, one of which in the case of Telstra is to consolidate its market share as well to make life a little more challenging for the emerging operators who might not be in a position necessarily to provide that sort of uh, attractive tr- pricing. So there are a couple of aspects to that uh, discussion. Let's just quickly focus on what's going to be happening at home today. As we said at the open, the market will be down by around 0.2 of a percent. So let's just put this into the context of what's happened over the last week. Uh, the market was up 3.7% last week. Yesterday, a slight loss. Today, a bit of a bump lower. You reasonably see that in the context of consolidation, given the improvements of the last week. Nothing to be terribly unnerved by. Uh, Commodity prices have generally fallen overnight, so that's going to be a bit of a blemish on our uh, sector performance today, you would have to think. Uh, You mentioned the highlight of the day, the RBA minutes. This always... uh, opportunity for some forensic examination of what the RBA is thinking. Well, absolutely. And you go through every single word in the meeting (laughs) minutes to scour through that and find out what the Reserve Bank's thinking as far as interest rates are concerned. And of course, at the meeting a few weeks ago, the RBA left the cash rate unchanged at 4.1% as Commonwealth Bank economists had forecast. It retained its tightening bias but it said it wanted more time to assess the state of the economy and the economic outlook and associated risk It flagged inflation was still too high. And then in a subsequent speech, we heard from Governor Philip Lowe, and he noted the board has a completely open mind about the need for further policy tightening going forward. So it's going to be very important what has been said in this meeting. We'll be paying close attention to whether or not the board has debated hiking by 25 basis points or not, and whether the arguments against pausing continued, and whether the language of the decision being finally balanced is maintained and whether language around further hikes may be required is added back into the meeting minutes after surprisingly being removed from June's minutes. The other thing to note today, Tom, is we have operational updates from Ampol, Cooper Energy, Hub24 and Rio Tinto, shares of Met Cash Trade ex-dividend, and Boeing Coking Coal hosts an investor meeting. Indeed. So an interesting day. Have a great day. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.